You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. You better 
listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission, to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel family. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had a chance to do all the things that you wanted to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping, too, that the weather was accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it wasn't, and you know it had to get done, it must be done, it will get it done. Because <laughs> that's the deal. 
that's a lot of times you just you lazy man you know I just don't want to do it procrastination you know but we got to get things done in a progressive manner for the forward flow of our yearning to be independent self-determining liberated and sovereign becomes a reality in our lifetime maybe not my lifetime but I know you have some children right now they're small kids don't you hope that it's in their lifetime uh, yeah don't you hope that they don't have to go through the same bullshit that we have gone through yeah let's make it happen family <laughs> let's make it happen you're listening to African Perspectives we're here every Monday Wednesday and Friday from 11 a.m. To 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. When you go to the page, you see at the top of the page, you see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Also, there's a shortcut that you can use in whatever search engine you have Internet Explorer, Firefox, Time for an Awakening. Put in Baba Oshi. Dot net B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net babaoshi.net and um, there will be programs that are dated and titled also too family uh, I don't talk about going to um, tune in anymore you don't have to go to tune in to listen to this program in fact if you go to tune in sometimes you get commercials you get breaks so don't go to tune in go right to timeforanawakening.com on the right side of the page click on that and there will be the program right now, live. So, and if you're hip to that, and I'm quite sure that you should be, but if you're listening to this program on TuneIn, try to make that change and tell others, okay? Peace. Thank you. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Other programming we have is (laughs) Time for an Awakening. Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Sunday, on Friday and Sunday, on Friday at 8 p.m., Friday 8 p.m., Brother Elliot and Brother Richard, and on Sunday at 7 p.m., time for an awakening. The number to call is 215-490-9832, Other programming? That we have, and oh, these announcements. Yeah, putting me in my announcements. Yeah, well, I I do these because I'm just trying to hit the brothers and sisters in our listening audience of some things that you can involve yourself in and take advantage of. We buy black. We buy black. Get everything you need from American African owned businesses at webuyblack.com. The largest mar online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is webuyblack.com. So check them out. Webuyblack.com. African for the Africans. African for the Africans with Brother Bamani Tayemba. He has an upcoming trip to Tanzania. Uh, Tanzania, November 16th through the 27th. $4,400 still. Tanzania. Then December 23rd, excuse me, December 24th to January 4th, 2024, $4,700, a Zinya, 
March 29th to April 9th, 2024, $4,200, Liberia. And if you hear these prices that I'm quoting, if you lock yourself in with a down payment, that'll be the price of even if they may increase and they have, you'll be getting it at the price that you were locked in at, okay? Liberia, March 29th to April 9th, 2024, $4,200. July 11th to July 23rd, 2024, $4,400 to Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, $4,500, Kemet. December 24th to January 4th, $4,800, Azenia, South Africa, Azenia. April 1st to April 11th, 2025, $4,400. Senegal and Gambia. Brothers and sisters, go to Africa for the Africans. Everything that you're looking for to help make you, to help you with a trip of a lifetime, whether you go with Brother Bomani or you go on your own, is right there on the page. The documents you may need, the, the, the visas, the shop, everything is right there, family. Africa for the Africans. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Or give Brother Bomani Tayimba a call at 404-931-9429. 404-931-9429. Africa for the Africans.org. Habashaw. Habashaw Incorporated. The, the the festival was a couple of days ago, the Harvest Fest. Hope everything went well at the Habashal's Harvest Fest here in Atlanta and, of course, in Ghana. But, you know, the organization itself is dynamic, and, and it's about establishing schools at home and abroad, but more importantly, developing our people stilling knowledge into our youth helping them to understand what it means to be African LEDGE Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics the LEDGE group of course the LEDGE group they deal in the four areas of human existence that are vital to human existence which is food water clothing and shelter the 12 projects in six different countries with over 170 employed and over 260 members brothers and sisters become a member of the Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Uh, B.B. Toomey's uh, is under construction. A-D-I-D-I-T-U-M-I. B.B. Toomey.com is under construction. So when that is done, check them out. Smy Pharmacy, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Smile Pharmacy. Give Brother Jabril a call at 770-765-7751 at 770-765-7751 and check out uh, a program for yourself and your family to begin to maximize good health. As this year ends, you want to begin the new year off right in a healthy standpoint. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. The Moses West Foundation, MosesWestFoundation.org, my good brother, Brother Moses West, 
providing clean drinking water, sustainable drinking water. You know, yeah, the atmospheric water generating system. Brothers and sisters, it ain't the answer, but it's part of a solution of the answer when you talk about climate change and you talk about drought areas that where even the the um, the soil is just so bad because you can use water to grow food aquaponics yeah so check out the Moses West Foundation MosesWestFoundation.org and the AWG the atmospheric water generators that this man has created alright okay Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, located here in the Atlanta area in the West End on Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. On weekends, they sell vegan food at on Saturday and Sunday at Wadada's. But overall, they have all kinds of good stuff. And, of course, that very uh, important area of our city here in Atlanta where black folks, although it's being gentrified, <laughs> yeah, like everything else is being gentrified. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. Uh, the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia, she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, T-shirts and figurines, and so much more. She has uh, programs that they have an availability of a room downstairs where they can have book signings and presentations and all kind of good stuff. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Contact Mama Nia at 404 404- Three four six three two six three four zero four three four six three two six three. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in in Lithonia, which is east of here, off of I twenty. Take I twenty east and exit seventy four and make a left. About a mile up the road on the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. My good brother Gazimde Ajamu. Check him out at. And they'll give him a call at 770-305-6373-770-305-6373. There is light in the black dot. Jump back on that road, which is Main Street in Lithonia. And now head south. Make another left. That's still going east. The next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Make a right, three lights, and make another right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. Love to get a lot of people out that way, family. I'm telling you, you know. Let me continue on. <laughs> us lifting us to Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night on Blog Talk Radio. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Thursday nights. That Thursday night broadcast. You can listen to it on the on the net, or you can call in and listen or give questions. Or give questions, comments, or concerns at 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us, lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, not open today, but open on Tuesday, from Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. 
and Brother Beach has got it going on. He's got furniture. He's got clothing. He's got health products, beauty products, oils and incense, CD, DVDs, literature, all kinds of books, jewelry, Pan-African fashions, and so much more. He even has a vegan restaurant on the premise. Give Brother BJ a call at 478-256-1166. 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, Macon, Georgia. Sun God Essential, one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Give my sister Shelly Amon set a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay dash Haiti. S-O-N-J-E-A-Y-I-T-I.org. Sanjay dash Haiti.org. Look at the great work. Check out the great work that uh, my sister Gabby is doing in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. And I tell you, it's it's necessary. It really is. Because, I mean, you know, they, there's no programs in Haiti. <laughs> you know, there's no programs. You know, the government is in disarray. And so there's no money coming. And that's just how it is. That's just the facts, Jack. Baba Baruti, Mamad Yah, Hakaben, Hakaben is two. Uh, there's a course that they're offering. Of course, their school is in Monday through Friday, Hakaben Institute. And, you, and, you, and the children can attend online. But they're offering a course uh, from the new book, The Higher Ground. Of a brood he put together, and uh, the course is being taught every Wednesday for this month. I'm not sure it will be extended, but every Wednesday for this month, you know. And then there's a online weekend course, our history, African history, and it's for young people from fourth to the twelfth grade and open to mature third graders on Sunday at 10 a.m. to noon. From 10 a.m. to noon starting Sunday, October 1st and be ongoing. So please give um, Mama Mama Yah any Abiruti a call at 404-753-7237 404-753-7237 She can rule your kid your child's kid can rule your child into an educational historical program. Ashe. Okay. Let me see. Let me go ahead and read the Enya Sasim. Then I'm going to talk about the Million Man March. Of course, this is the October 16th, the anniversary, the 28th anniversary in 2025. Couple years from now, we'll be celebrating 30 years. I wonder what, how they're going to approach that. You know, we'll all we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, brothers and sisters. This is the Inyasa Sim of daily revolutionary thought. October 15th, credit is the first step into debt and back into slavery. This was said by. El Hajj, Malik El Shabazz, Brother Omar Wallet, Malcolm X's father, Earl Little, 
Earl Little. Credit is the first step into debt and back into slavery. Credit cards have given many of us the illusion of affluence. It is a serious statement about the state of the economy when individuals stigmatized as bad credit risk are courted by financial institutions to borrow money for cars and homes. That the bulletin boards on our college campuses are plastered with credit card applications is even more telling. Students are the worst credit risk. They have no job, no money, and no guarantee of a job. Yet, they graduate strapped with thousands of dollars of credit card indebtedness. The credit card business is more than twice as profitable as any other banking venture. Because if you borrow $2,500 and pay only the minimum monthly amount due, it would not only take you 20 years to pay it off, but you would have also have paid over $6,000 in interest. That's usury, family. This is just disgusting. Buying a home over a 30-year period is equally bad. You pay for it once, twice, and again. It only makes sense that agencies profiting from salvaging overextended consumers have almost become bigger businesses than those incarcerating us. And the ones who are incarcerating us, that's a big business too. Yet, awareness of this has neither kept us from being the most conspicuous of consumers. How quickly we forgot that a significant number of the indentured servants who were shipped here from traditional European societies came from debtor prisons. The game has not changed. Millions of people have filed for bankruptcy. And big business is, in, is working hard to dismantle the bankruptcy laws. Make no mistake, debtor prisons are waiting in the wings. Affirm, I am debt-free, Ashe. Affirm, I am debt-free. October 16th, the Million Man March. We are Africans, not because we are born in Africa, but because Africa is born in us. Chester Higgins. We can, we can only be born African. It is not an acquired spirit. Those of us who are blessed to be African are born of African spirit. This is a claim no others can make. Eurocentric, despiritualized, deracialized Africans promote the argument of African origins of humanity to garner the favor of Europeans by attempting to make them feel guilt over mistreating their brothers. Europeans are using the same political science to, to say that they are as much African as Africans and therefore all that is African belongs to them as much as they do any African. Even if initially of the same physical mother, 900 uh, generations in the caves of the Caucasus Mountains created a vastly different, progressively evolving spirit, which is completely oppositional and with irreconcilable differences, essence than that of the African mother from whom they are said to come from. Urugu spiritlessness is quite unlike African spirit everywhere found. Any confusion over this is only the desperate manufactured of those who work to suppress who or conceal what they are. For this reason, I would take nothing from the brilliance of Higgins' statement. 
taken correctly. But confusing among Africans and others alike can lead to the severe misinterpretation that everyone is or everyone can be African. And for this reason, I would alter it to say that we are Africans, not because we are born in Africa, but because we are born African. Ashay. Affirm, I am innately African. Affirm, I am innately African. Brothers and sisters, if you don't go to Africa, you don't have to go to Africa. You are an African. If your DNA traces you back to Africa, you are African. Now, of course, if you don't trace the mitochondrial DNA, the woman's line, and your ass <laughs> traces the male, and you go back to Ireland, or you go back to whatever. But if you are African, you are African. Now, I qualify that to say, do you behave as an African? Do you respect being an African? Do you work towards helping others understand what it means to be African? That's what's important. We are Africans, family. We are Africans. Yep, let me. You know, we. Um, haven't read these things in quite a while, so we're going to read them today, and then we're going to talk about the Million Man March, and then we're going to talk about it probably in the next hour, the top of the hour, we're going to talk about racism. Yeah. Haven't done that in a while either. Because we do need to talk about that because there's so much confusion. But this society creates confusion with intent. You know? It creates confusion with intent. And Ezra Erohom, the brother who wrote the Sovereign Psyche, you know, he said, there is no other historical instance, there is no other historical instance of a formerly captive people, an enslaved people, who valued integration with their captors, valued to integrate with their captors to the point where they completely abandoned the superior wealth of their own homeland. It's what we witness today, family. The continent of Africa has been and continues to be the richest continent on the planet in terms of natural wealth. The continent this of Africa, call may be recorded or transcribed. The continent of Africa could feed the world, let alone the people who inhabit the continent. The continent of Africa has more beauty of landscape, more animals, more ability of abundance. But yet, we beg crackers to be part of what they created. 
we beg other people. We, we, we just can't get out of Africa fast enough because our mindset is individualistic. I got to get mine. And it's so poor on you. I don't know how to get mine in this madness. I got to get out of here. When where you are, you're on the continent, you're in the right place right now. And the Africans in their diaspora, you have every right. Let me repeat. You have every right to go home to help Africa be the continent that it should be. And that when you go home, you're coming home to help. You ain't coming home to lay on your ass. You're, coming, you're going home to Africa to help Africans develop Africa, develop the resources. And where else Africans are on the planet, you're there to help. We're there to help, fam. That's just a deep one, ain't it? There is no other historical instance of a formerly enslaved people who valued the integration with their former captors to the point where they completely abandoned the superior wealth of their own homeland. Wow. That's, 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 that hurts so bad, man. It really does. It really hurts a lot to know that we, that we uh, would rather do that to be with these crackers, to be with these Europeans, to be with the, to be with with Urugu as opposed to being with each other to develop our land for ourselves, to be independent, to be self determining to be liberated, to be sovereign. <laughs> this Caucasian named Lord Macaulay's, this is an address to the parliament, to the British parliament, February 2nd of 1835. He said, I have traveled across the length and breadth of Africa and I have not seen one person who is a beggar, who is a thief. Such wealth I have seen in this country, such high moral values, People of such caliber that I did not think that we would ever conquer this country unless we break the very backbone of this nation, which is her spiritual and cultural heritage. And therefore, I propose that we replace her old and ancient educational system and her culture. For if the Africans think that all that is foreign and English is good, and they have, and greater than their own, they will lose their self-esteem, their native culture. They will lose their native culture and they will become what we want them to be, a totally, totally dominated nation. You know, when you read stuff like that, boy, you'd be mad as a mother, don't you? But I know I do. Kwame Nkrumah, 19... 57 when Ghana was the first African country to gain independence celebrated many people came there to celebrate a few years later uh, he had the speech of freedom 1961 
And he said, I strongly, I believe strongly and sincerely that with the deep-rooted wisdom and dignity, the innate respect for human lives, the intense humanity that is our heritage, the African culture, culture, united under one federal government will emerge, not just as another world block to flaunt its wealth and strength, but as a great power whose greatness is indestructible because it is built not on fear, not on envy or suspicion, nor won at the expense of others, but founded on the hope, trust, and friendship and direction to the good of all mankind. A few, la- a few years later, a few years later, he wrote this. He said this, and this is sadly prophetic. If we do not approach the problems in Africa with a common front and a common purpose, we shall be haggling and wrangling amongst ourselves until we are colonized again and become the trolls of a far greater colonialism than we had suffered heretofore. Kwame Nkrumah. To be truly liberated, African people must first come to know the nature of European thought and behavior. In order to understand the effect that the European has had on our ability to think victoriously. We must be able to separate our thoughts from Europeans' thoughts so as to visualize a future that is not dominated by Europeans. This is a demand by an African-centered view because why? We are Africans. And because the future towards which European leads us is genocide. Mama Marimba. Mama Marimba. Genocide. I tell you. Million Man March. Million Man March family. I know many people were there on that beautiful day of Monday, October 16th, 1995. The International Association of Black Professional Firefighters played a role in assisting with the logistics of the Million Man March. I was the vice president of the association at the time and uh, had a chance to go backstage, so to speak, at a number of places. Reverend Stallings Church in D.C. was like a, like a kind of hub, and and uh, they did a lot of logistical things out of there, communications and so forth. And we were also, as, as firefighters and trained paramedics and trained EMTs, provided first aid for the march. There were first number of first aid stations that were being manned by uh, brothers and sisters who were firefighters. And we had to get supplies to them if they needed it. And I'll tell you that one time I, w- I had tried to walk across the mall from one point to another. It took so long. And one thing that I remember distinctly, a brother dropped some money. My brother dropped some money. 
And another brother told him, excuse me, my brother, you dropped your money. That's the beauty of the Million Man March. That was the spirit of the Million Man March, of brotherhood, of honesty, integrity. Now, we know the call was made by Minister Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. And in essence, and in, our, in all uh, uh, sincerity and correctness, he was the only one who could make the call. Jesse couldn't have made the call. Al Sharpton, well, Al wasn't as prevalent as he is today. He couldn't have made it. NAACP, Urban League, none of them could make that kind of call to get men across just plain brothers from the educated to the non-educated. Let me use that term. From across. They, all those brothers, young and old, Spike Lee made a movie on it, huh? Get on the bus. Yeah, coming coming from all over the country, and of course, there's there's always been some. There's always been some uh, debate of the crowd size, and of course, if if we're gonna say there was a million, and then of course the cracker. In fact, he he said it was four hundred thousand. He said he said it was four hundred thousand, and I remember people still coming. They were still coming, even as late as the afternoon, three, four, or five o'clock. They were still coming, because probably some of them didn't take off from work that day. You know, there were uh, many who said that they would and. I know that we did. Uh, I know what are, how many people that Milwaukee. I think about fifteen of us from Milwaukee. Yeah, and of course we stayed out by the our office out in uh, Landover, Maryland. Took the um, train into the city. Man, what a beautiful day! Started out kind of chilly. Of course, it's October. And, you know, it was chilly that morning because we left early. We had to get there early. You know, didn't seem the beginning proceedings. Then I constantly progressed. I was fortunate enough to go on stage and look over the multitudes of men. And some women, some women decided that they just want to go see for themselves. In fact, in the Wikipedia here is a sister who makes mention. You know, a group of, well, I know there was a number of feminism because uh, they, you know, they talked about uh, the separation and I know 
Dr. Clark, who I love and respect and admire, had an issue, you know, with the march leaving out the women. You know. But there were some women who understood that men need to come there together as men. Because it was a day of atonement. You're going to atone for the behavior and the things that you did or didn't do. You're atoning. You're taking a pledge. You're taking an action not to do it again. To stand. Many men came back to the cities that they were from. Areas where they were from. To do things. In fact, um, last month was the Camp Peace of my good brother, Brother Ron Johnson Shango, and some others. And they came back. They started a camp for kids. They started a camp for kids. He passed, and they named the camp after him, Camp Shango Peace. I took my grandsons <laughs> there one year. And it's beautiful. They go, they travel out to the Mississippi River where they fish and they do all kinds of good things. Camp out. Yeah. It's beautiful. One brother came back and started a chess club. Brother Sean. Yeah. Started a chess club. <laughs> yeah. So things were being done. Because of the Million Man March. I went to the 10th anniversary of the Million Man March in 2005. And I moved here in 2014. So the 20th anniversary, I was living here in Atlanta, 2015. And I went again. Somebody stole my bag, man. I, I don't think you, I don't think that would happen. I, I made reference to how of the spirit of the Million Man March at, in the initial one in 95 was like, I guess, you know. <laughs> and now, the 30th anniversary coming up in 2025. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think there's going to be a, I don't know. But I don't think a call to come back to D.C. would be a response. Now, granted, here you have 30 years later, some men who were just born. A few years later, now they're young adults. They're young men. They're men. 25 and the 30. They're men. I don't know. I don't know if if a call would be made by Minister Farrakhan or the Nation Islam that it would, that the response would be there. I don't know. And because that was not about the nation of Islam, let me repeat, that was not about the nation of Islam. That was a coordinated effort by many, many organizations. Even uh, the organization that did not participate officially, like the NAACP. They had many local chapters of the NAACP who participated with the organizing committees locally to make things happen. 
So it's it, it, this will be interesting to see what happens. In fact, next year, the 29th year, then they'll probably start having some discussion around that and then has the 30th approaches. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I think that the, the day itself is a great day. Any day, brothers and sisters, that we have a chance to reflect, any day that we have a chance to sit back and, and look at and think about us as a people, our behavior personally as men, our behavior as women, our behavior as a family, and take account of that and try our best to be better than what we've been, particularly as it relates to family. And also, too, to begin to love one another, support one another, trust one another, work with one another. Because all throughout this country and all throughout this world, because of racism, European, Caucasian extremism, racism and privilege, the effects of what has happened with that has had a deleterious, I like that word, deleterious effect on us as a people. And the only way we can break that family is take is release the vice grip that these son of a bitches have on have on our mind. Have the ability to step outside of the imposed boundaries that they've placed on us. And look at them for who and what they are and for us to come together. There ain't a damn thing we can do about Caucasians, their mindset, their behavior, they have done, they are who they are. It is not for us to work on trying to help them to hell with them. It is for us to chart our courses, for us to walk our road. That puts us at the fork in the road, the pinnacle of which way we need to go. Are we going to con- continue to go down the road that we've been conveniently steered even after our cap- physical captivity and all throughout the other bull that we've experienced and saying that, that the Caucasian continues to push us? Or are we going to go down the road of independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty with each other, with our men, with our women, with our children, our families, our elders, our ancestors. Are we going to go down that road? That's definitely the road that we need to go, family. And you know it. And you know it. But some of us are scared. We've been frightened. We're scared to make that kind of move. Yeah. Because we've been afraid to, you know, what will what would they do? What would Caucasians do? To hell with Caucasians. The bottom line is, what are we going to do? 
here we are on and around the world where we are. We, we have advantage that we don't take advantage of. In Haiti, we talked about this. There's a mineral that they sit on in Haiti. Uridium. And, and find out that some billionaire Canadians, crackers, have been financing the gangs to keep that disruption going in Haiti so they can take advantage of the resources. Haiti was, if you didn't know the history, was the jewel of the Caribbean in terms of wealth, in terms of resource and mineral wealth. That's why they killed all the indigenous people. That's why the first act of real genocide took place there. And then the import of us as Africans as captives for the Spanish and for the French. You know, it's interesting that when some thugs come in and they take your stuff, you know, and then suppress you and make you uh, adhere to whatever dictates that they have, then after some time when you've been suppressed, you can't take it no more than you retaliate. You know, because of what they've been doing all the time. Speaking now in reference to what's happening right now in Palestine with these European Jews. Yeah, brother. Brother Ayo Kamathi is right. Brother Ayo is right. The Jews are the problem. We'll talk about that someday. I'm not afraid to talk about a damn thing. I'm not. I, you know, it's not that. Um, but the bottom line is, no fear. <laughs> yeah, let me let me play this information. Let me play this music and so forth, so I can get off into this subject of racism. Racism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, family. Appreciate y'all. I really do. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We're going to play this and we'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. If you could do it all over again, would you do it? 
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network. Black choice, down to the bone. Down to the bone, black choice. And that's the choice we must make and should be making, a black choice. You know, yeah, black choice down to the bone. You know, um, this subject, let me get my good brother in, here in this on this conversation for the minute. Good afternoon, 443, good afternoon. Baba Oshi. What's up, man? How you doing, Brother Irv? How, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Baba. How are you? I'm doing well. You're basking in the sunshine, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm out here in L.A. Uh, doing, taking care of some business, uh, doing some things. I'm um, leaving here, going to Kansas City. But I'm, but I'm listening to your show, man, and you, as as always, you're always right on point. You, you're always, you're, you're, you're all, you know, Baba Oshi, your commitment, your commitment to what you say and to what you believe, is something that needs to be recognized. To me, we we very seldom do that. We have to recognize that. I, I listened to uh, the brother this morning. I listened to the irritated genie. He has an hour show on a, on another internet uh, network, Sankofa, I think it is. I listened to him also, and I and I started thinking, man, it's brothers like you all that's out here preaching and saying what you say and it seems like you don't be you're not recognized or it seems like it's not making a difference but the reality is about oh it does make a difference I agree. and it does resonate yeah. with people no it does yeah. with people who people conscious and people unconscious because people unconscious they they live in a they live in a, 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 what they call um a, a double consciousness Mm-hmm. They, they, they're mm-hmm. one way when, around these people, right. and they're another way around these people. Right. I, we're the people who are conscious are the same way all the time. I was, I have on a, a, a medallion I got in Africa, uh, uh, and it's a necklace that I, I usually wear under my shirt. And it says Africa on it, and I wear this. And, 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 and it's not that I'm advertising what I think, but what I am doing is I'm, I'm trying to let people know, all people know, that Africa is my homeland. Just like mm-hmm. you wear your little. You half a cap on your head. I think pump was it? What they call the little things the Jews wear. Oh, oh, that, oh, that oh. is the yarmulke. Yarmulke. That mm-hmm. is to signify that I'm a Jew. Right. That's to let you know right. if you had any doubt, I'm a Jew. So mm-hmm. I wear this necklace. Not only does my pigment in my skin, but I wear this necklace to let you know that I am connected to Africa. Africa. Mm-hmm. I may not be in Africa, but Africa's in me. Mm-hmm. And I say that constantly. Right. To let people know that. If, if if you understand what I'm saying, great. If you don't ask me, I will educate you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be educated, brother, keep going, and and and, and then come back and let me know how that worked out for you. Because Arugu is guiding this narrative. All the the whole world, even with them sending troops, uh, sending Kenyan troops over into Haiti, mm-hmm. which doesn't even have a stable government, and you're going to send some some other black people in to kill some other black people. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But the but this is the, the narrative is being driven by someone else. That's right. And it's not by the it, it's not what they say it is. These these white people say it is. But brother, I I want to recognize you and and, and Jeannie and and and, and uh, 
Elliot and all the brothers who continuously uh, speak the truth as you know it and can back it up. <clears throat> this is the part about what you say, Baba Oshi. You're not just talking to be talking. If you need, if you want me to back it up, I can back up what I say. Can you back up what you say? That's right. Because you're carrying someone else's torch. Yeah. And you keep it. But the fire in us will never go out. Well, the I, fire in me. It, well, well, I'll say this because uh, you're also in a, a, a courageous voice, brother. In, in the year or so now that we've been, you know, uh, communicating and working with one another, man, uh, you have grown strong. And you also a very serious, courageous voice for us as a people, man. And I appreciate you, Brother Irv. I really do. And look forward to a good relationship ongoing from this point on until we expire. Working together, man. Yep. Right on. Hey, look. This thing, and, and I'm going to stop after this so someone else can get in. But, you know, these things have to be said. They really have to be said. Because I don't believe that once someone is gone, all of a sudden, well, you know, he was a great guy. Now, tell him he's a great guy while he's here. Tell him he's doing what he's doing while he's here. Yeah. And, and and let that inspire him to reach even further. Right. Because there's no there's no limit right. to what do what the just the, just your show pushes mm -hmm. the Arugo into a place where he's where he's he's fear he's fearing that he may lose his grip on, on the world that he has. Mm -hmm. And and he and he is. He actually is he's actually Arugo is imploding. You can sit here and watch it. He's imploding. Because he's he's scared, he's and then when they said fear of a black man, it's fear. Yeah, he said he, yeah, he's fear really scared of you. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so no, brother, I want to let someone else get in, but of course you know I'm listening always, and I right wanted on. to just say that. I appreciate and you. I appreciate you. All right. I appreciate you also. All right, dear brother. Peace. Yeah, it's my good brother, my good brother Irv Irv Lewis, man, Baltimore. Now I love me some B more, y'all. You know that. I love Baltimore for whatever reason. I don't know. I guess when I went to that conference, uh, executive council meeting in uh, 80, 83, you know, it just did something to me. Met a beautiful friend, beautiful sister, met all kinds of good people, and I just had a great time. The Lakers lost. <laughs> Philly kicked their ass. Philly swept, in fact. Yeah. Moses was dominant, but that experience will always live with me. I remember very distinctly what was happening in Baltimore. And so, yeah. But I want to talk about racism. So, yeah. I know that um, I haven't talked about this in a while. And, you know, many times we don't understand what racism is. In fact, many people in, in, who have been allowed to by this cracker team say that we're racist and accuse us of racism or reverse racism, you know, all kind of foolishness. You know, there's no such thing as race family. Once again, there is no such thing as race. It's cultures. You know, race was created by Europeans, Johann Blumenbach and Carol Linnaeus. They created the concept of race, giving everybody a particular category with themselves at the top of the category. They are the most developed, as they like to say. And of course, we were the least. And they perpetuated that 
mindset globally that damn near everyone believes it. In fact, people who are melanated or deeply melanated are shunned globally. They're always at the low economic end or at the low it's wrong on the ladder. I never forget um, when the Nation of Islam after the death of Elijah Muhammad, his son Warf D. Muhammad took over. And there was a book that they had. And in one section of the book, there was a, <clears throat> a chapter titled Roots of Aryan White Racism and Diabolical Consciousness. <laughs> I will never forget that title. <laughs> never forget that. Roots of Aryan White Racism and diabolical consciousness. It was talking about how the the Caucasians coming out of Caucasus Muslims moved into India. Moved into India and subjugated the Dravidians, the dark-skinned people who were ruling India and subjugated them and put them in a position a good movie to check out is Mississippi Masala with Denzel Washington and Charles S. Dutton. And the love affair that he has with this Indian young lady who was kind of melanated. The parents were not as much. And of course, the Indians, and, and you've seen this, they own liquor stores, they own hotels. You know, I stayed at a hotel owned by Indians just recently. You know, and and some of them left Uganda because when Idi Amin took over Uganda, the Indians were very prevalent. In fact, they were going to make that just India of India of the West in Uganda, and of course, Idi Amin kick their ass out. And some of them, you know, they fought because they wanted to keep that land. You know. And in the movie, uh, the dude goes back to Uganda to the place that he had owned, I guess he, or managed or had took whatever. And uh, it wasn't in the kind of shape that it was when he left. Yeah. And and what was interesting in the movie was the dynamics of the people who um the other Indians who are very color struck, very color conscious, has has most as damn near the planet is. Because you could you you can go to other countries and even though they may have a large portion of their society, of melanated people. You don't see them on television. You don't see them on billboards and, and uh, books and magazines and so forth and advertisement. You don't see them. Only the, the lighter skin, just like in Brazil. In Brazil, there are more Africans in Brazil than any other country except Nigeria. 
more Africans in Brazil. What do we have here? 45, 50,000, 45, 50 million. They have more than that, of course, in Brazil. And just like here, there, and everywhere, we don't run shit either. We're at, we're relegated to the low end. You know, that's why, that's why I'm adamant about us learning about who we are and taking responsibility for ourselves, regardless of what anybody else says. Yeah. So, in, in, and I've been on this particular kick to educate our people about racism from you know from what I understand based upon some great men and women in our history and you know in fact everybody I have here no Alana Karinga is not passed but everybody else I have here Bobby Wright Dr. Andy Thompson Francis Cress Dr. Amos Wilson some of them have been gone quite quite a while ago. The most recent was of this group is Andy Thompson that passed. But these are functional. I came up with this many years ago when I was working with kids in in the high school in high schools in Milwaukee, trying to help them understand what racism is and what it isn't. Because you know when people say, "Yo, you being racist?" No, I'm not being racist. We can we cannot be racist. We can be prejudiced, which means to prejudge. We can be bigoted. We can be mean-spirited, but we can't be racist because racism as a practice, as the Europeans have developed it, is the ability to impose on others the concept that you created called race and relegate that imposition on those people to make them feel inferior, to, to state that they are in a lower class. Look up Carl, Carol Linnaeus and Johann Blumenbach. <laughs> In the dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, the unabridged dictionary, it says racism, a belief that human races have distinctive characteristics that determine their perspective cultures, usually involving the idea that one's own race is superior and has the right to rule others. Europeans developed the concept of race and they went around the world imposing it on others that they had the right to rule others. Their theology, their Christian theology gave them that right. The idea that they developed gave them that right. There's no such thing as race. Their cultures Race is not a real concept. Bobby Wright. A functional definition of racism could be the oppression and exploitation of a people because of their race. Using this definition, it's very clear at this point in time that we as American Africans or African people cannot be racist because of our lack of power to oppress anybody or determine Who's going to be in our neighborhood? Who's going to be selling stuff to us? 
Who owns the corner store? Who owns the liquor store? Who owns this, that, and the other? People have come into our neighborhood and they have got rich off of us where we could not go into anybody else's neighborhood and do the same thing. Anderson Thompson, the direct and overall physical and psychological subordination and subjugation of one cultural group wherever I see racial I use I substitute the word cultural culture because that's what Europeans did they imposed their culture on others believing that they are superior the direct overall physical and psychological subordination and subjugation of one's cultural group over another for the purpose of the belief supported by religious doctrine, Christian religion particularly. You can add other religions to that. Supported by religious doctrine. The direct overall physical and psychological subordination. Or scientific data. When you talk about religious doctrine and scientific data, the religious doctrine, of course, is Christian religion and, and the formation and how the different races got here because, of course, um, God was pissed, uh, told Noah he was going to cause a flood to happen, so I want you to go build a boat. I want you to build an ark. What's an ark? A big-ass boat. Build this big-ass boat. Put you, your wife, and your three sons and their three wives into the boat with all these animals. They all come to 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 the, to the boat at the prescribed time and then I'm going to cause it to rain for 40 days and 40 nights torrential you know and then y'all land and y'all will go forth from, from that particular point but because you Noah will be happy that you finally land you, you, you're going to build a vineyard and, and, and you're going to have grapes so you're going to make wine and you're going to be drunk and so your son Ham is going to see you naked and not cover your nakedness. And then he is going to tell his brothers, Sham and Japheth, and they're going to walk backwards and they're going to cover your nakedness. You know, and then when you come up out of that drunken stupor, you're going to be told of what Ham had done and you're going to be pissed at Ham. And then you're going to cover your Then you're going to uh, curse Ham and his descendants to be the servants unto his brothers. So they agree that Ham is African and the servants unto his brother is Sham, which are the, supposedly the Semitic people, and Japheth, supposedly the Caucasian people, to be servants unto his brothers. And that's how that story went. And that's why that's the that's the religious aspect of what I just said, supported by religious doctrine, and then the scientific aspect is the scientific uh, data producing things of, of, of uh, you know um, graphs and so forth, just like um, intelligence tests 
So we're not as intelligent as other people. Uh, um, school grade, all this bull. The scientific data that the Caucasian comes up with. You know, that either because of heredity, our genes, our family, or culture, social environment, the dominated race in power, Europeans, Caucasians, is superior to the dominated and powerless race, us. The data has shown it. I remember um, um, these couple of cats that uh, were proving with this, with this data, just like Ernstine and Murray, the bell curve, if you remember that book. They had scientific data to prove that we were less intelligent and, and, and therefore these programs of Head Start are useless. These programs that give us especially are useless. You know, and we can't, we can't compete on our own. Well, the bottom line is you can't compete against a discriminatory system. That's for damn sure. I don't give a damn how brilliant you think you are. If somebody's in control of that system and they don't want your ass to succeed, guess what? That's right. You won't succeed. You know? Give a damn how smart you think you are. Racism. Racism is not an attitude. It is a system. Racism is a system of defamation. They defame us. Denial. They deny our humanity. And destruction. They destroy us as a people. This is racism. Defamation, denial, and destruction of a people's history. Which they're still doing today. In fact, what is it that they're doing right now? They don't want you to tell the history, the real history. They don't want to give the history of this society and people of what they've done because they know they are rotten son of a bitches and that's what they've done. They don't want to do that. And they don't want you, they don't want you telling it. People's history and culture and right to freedom based primarily on a false concept of race. Caucasians devised the concept of race, giving themselves a top position with everyone else, a lower position with us at the lowest position. Stratified. Just like in India, the roots of Aryan white racism and diabolical consciousness. The caste system. The lighter you are, the better the top. The darker you are, you at the bottom. That was Milana Karinga. That was Karinga's quote. This is Francis Cress Wilson's quote. Racism, white supremacy, is the local and global power system and dynamic structured and maintained by persons who classify themselves as white, whether consciously or subconsciously determined with consistent of patterns of perception, logic, symbol, formation, thought, speech, action, and emotional response has conducted simultaneously in all areas of people activity, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. It is in everything they do. It is in everything they do for the ultimate purpose of white genetic survival and to prevent 
white genetic annihilation on the planet Earth. A planet upon which the vast majority of people are classified as non-white. Brown, black, brown, red, yellow, whatever. By white-skinned people. And all of the non-white people are genetically dominant in terms of skin coloration compared to the genetic recessive white skin. You still want to do a scientific? They're genetically inferior. Their genes are recessive. People of color who are melanated, their genes are dominant. Dominant, dominant, you get dominant. Dominant, recessive, you get dominant. Recessive, recessive, you get recessive. And this is Dr. Amos Wilson. White supremacy whatever form it takes, wherever it exists, must achieve three major goals if it is to socialize Africans into accepting its natural rights of final authority. To socialize Africans into accepting its natural right of final authority and primary privilege. It must establish the human racial idea as Caucasians in contrast to Africans. It must proclaim that Africans are innately distant to, excuse me, innately destined to serve Caucasians and that the fulfillment of their true nature requires their happy commitment to do this service. Finally, it requires that Africans be persuaded that they are incomplete without Caucasians and that their highest calling involves the sacrificing of themselves for the benefit of these Yerugu or these crackers. Those are some functional definitions of what racism is and its effect on us. And it will never, it can never be done, undone, as long as the people who initiated it are in control. Now, the only thing I believe that could happen, it could be neutralized by non-acceptance of who they are and what they're saying and what they believe. They want to believe that? Fine. So this is, this. so it necessitates separation from them. That's what it does. Let me get some callers in here. Uh, 202, 202. Good afternoon. Greetings to you, brother. Hey, my brother. How you doing, man? I'm alive. That's all we can count on. That's right. Keep, keep keep on kicking in. Keep you, on being alive. Yeah. Yes, sir. You 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 really hit on some excellent excellent points today. You know this 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 society, if you want to call it, is really not. We, we live in a plantation society. If we could just get black people to realize that. You know, they read about stuff that happened in the past. And these white folks, and, and Elijah Muhammad, I mean, I, 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 I think of it in these terms because this is how I was raised. You know, we are in charge, and well, we are the originators. Mm-hmm. We There would be no other species on this planet if it were not for us. And so we have... 
you you, you said some things, man. You just got my brain just spinning <laughs> around right now. Cause there's a whole lot, so many things I want to say. I'm trying, I'm trying to be trying to be mindful of other people as well. But you know, our our our, our oh, brother Oshi, I have always thought if we could just get black people to just don't participate one day, right. one day, like just stay in the bed, you know. Take your cocaine or whatever you got in the bed with you. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean that. I hear you, brother. But I'm just saying, yeah. man, we could shut this place down. Yeah. We could shut it down. You know, if you get a thousand ants, they can take down a lion, mm-hmm. you know? And and I think of it in, in, in a natural sense. You know, a, a lot of anything is always better than one that's powerful. They are in a position of power, just like you eloquently stated, because they made the rules. Mm-hmm. If you and I were playing chess, and I took all my pieces off except for a couple of pawns, and I really knew how to play, yeah. I still could give you a formidable game, and right. I might even win. Right, especially so if I'm you can get to that. Old. Especially if you can get to that last row and and have that pawn become whatever you want Turn it to into be. Turn a queen. Yep. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. So I'm, I'm saying, man, you know, I, I, I just so appreciate what it is that you're doing. I appreciate so much, you know, your efforts and your eloquence and your ability. You and Brother Irv, man, I would love to sit at a table with you all and we leave and we load up our weapons. Well, you do know, what we got to do, man. I hear you. Well, let's be, you know, let's hope, I'm, let's hope I'm, that day I'm will come to pass. That, you know. Yeah, I'm only saying. You know, that's like nature, man. When, when, when you even so-called dumb animals, when you attack them, they don't go and get legislation. <laughs> they fight your ass right, right. at the spot. Exactly. Of the, 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 and we don't do that, man. We keep running to these politicians who are just slaves. We live on a plantation. If we could just realize that that even though we have so many things that we have access to, it's still always by permission. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Which means we're slaves. We don't own anything. Especially like Dr. Jerome Fox. I mean, that book, yeah. man, I, you know, I loved Elijah yeah. Muhammad. I love that those teachings. And I'm saying that what Dr. Fox has written in that book is a sign. Yeah. Or an, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say it's a sign, but it is... A, a very good analysis of our situation. Right. That that book, as far as I'm concerned, is the next step of the message to the black man. Well, so well, I, you know, I, I've heard him on your program. You know, I've even got mm-hmm. to talk to him once or twice. Mm-hmm. And he's a extremely profound. And it's not he as the person. It's the it, it is the philosophy. It is the eloquence. It is the analysis of our situation. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, Oshi, if it, if we could just get black people to just don't participate one day, like next Monday, let's just don't go nowhere. Stay in your bed. Yeah. We could shut this. We could shut. If nothing else, we could show ourselves our own power. But we always want to, when I say we, I mean collectively, there's many of us that want to try to participate and think they can change it from the inside. Then that chess analysis that you made was perfect. Mm-hmm. Because if you know what you're doing, those pawns are not pawns. They are potential queens. You just got to put them where they need to be right. to be what they really 
can yeah, evolve and be being. And, and that's what I see. That's where we are now. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I just love this show, man, because mm-hmm. it's one of the few places where I can hear my own thoughts be expressed from someone else. That That is a gift. And, that is and, truly a gift. And you can express those thoughts yourself. And we appreciate that, if, man. If, if need be. If yeah. need be. You know, we just kind of add add flavor to the punch. That's you for know sure, brother. Saying? That's for sure. I just want you to know, I appreciate what you're doing. I, if nobody right. else tells you, and I know they will, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate that, brother. And I, Thank you so I look, much. I look forward to, you know, what you got to offer on the next turn. All right, you know? brother. But I'm, I'm just saying, okay, brother. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, Brother Rick. 469, 469, good afternoon. Brother O.C., it's good talking to you like always. Brother. Always, man. Always, Kevin. What's happening with you? Oh, man. Everything is, everything is as they used to say, copacetic. <laughs> yeah. You know, look, we talk about the Bible, and uh, I think people need to really read it very carefully and Try not to even think about what you've been told uh, before you read it, because you will find that a lot of the things that you were told, it's been repeated over and over and over again, and you come away and you go into it thinking one thing, and it's actually another. For instance, like you talked about the flood. I've read it. I read the Bible from cover to cover and the Quran or the Quran, whichever one you want to call it. And about the flood story, which was very interesting, after the flood was over and things dried out, some of the men went out and they found women and ended up running away. But everything was supposed to have been destroyed. You know what I mean? Right. So, it, you know, when you read it very close, that's why I said you have to get rid of these uh, pre, uh, the things that you've been taught and told. But they ran away with women. Well, couldn't have flooded everything and killed everything if you had some women out there hmm. for these men to run away with. And then the other thing about that is they talked about God cursed Ham. Well, if you read closely, they said that Canaan was cursed, not Ham. And they never said anything about God cursing anyone. They said Noah did that. And I don't think that Noah is God, you know. So there's a lot of things that we really, really do need to read with an open mind because you'll find that a lot of those things have been given to us. And for instance, another thing, a lot of the rules and what is considered to be godly and what's not, those things are decided by people sitting around the table, like in the Nazi conference and right. so forth. And so they take that and then they rewrite the Bible and put those things in there. And people are going by, you know, the fact that this is the word of God, but in actuality, a lot of that that you have in there is influenced by other people. Now, I'll say this last thing. 
people talk about Moses giving people the Ten Commandments. Well, the Ten Commandments was not anything new. You know that. It was a subset of the 42 ammunitions of Mayat, mm-hmm. which Moses mm-hmm. was schooled and educated in Kenneth. Mm-hmm. So he had, if he was a priest, he had to learn those things because that was all part of what they call the mystery school. Right. You had to learn those things. So I just wanted to put that out there. And again, like always, brother, your show is always excellent. I appreciate you, you, man. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. Peace to you. All right. Hey, what's up, brother Paul? How are you, my man? Brother Baba Ochi, how are you, sir? I'm doing well today. I'm doing well, my man. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that, Baba Ochi. But uh, Ochi, I want to I want to um, give you my. I've, I've mentioned this before, but for the sake of clarity and good order, I want to mention it again. Um, you know, there was a period of time I I, I looked into this uh, idea of racism. And I thought, uh, you know, what does this mean? What does it actually mean and where does it come from? And some of the evidence I, I drew upon, uh, like obviously you look for the definition like you've given out. Uh, and my, my, my conclusion was that uh, as opposed to the dictionary def- definition and in the UK, I'm talking about UK now, and, and how it comes under the Race Relations Act. So they have an act in Parliament which talks about racism and what racism is. So I read the act. And then I, I, I came to the conclusion in my mind, a lot of things that uh, we were going through, we were looking at our, uh, people of, um, you know, so-called uh, African people, black people, or whatever people want to describe them as, so it, it didn't actually fit their experiences. Um, and a lot of the time, especially when you go to court, claiming racism, it's all about, well, law is based on interpretation. So you go into court, they look at the act, and then they look at what's happened to you, and they try and interpret both things and try and fit them together to see if it does exist. And the problem, I think, one of the problems I think we have is that anybody can claim racism. Any race can claim racism. And, and, and despite the fact that uh, you, you say that we cannot be racist, that that's contradictory to the law because the, the fact of the matter is, is that if it's written in a statute that becomes the law and then it's a matter of the lead, the people the lawyers and such to interpret it and nine times out of ten if it's written in a statute book what it is and 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 what's happened to you fits that that's going to that's going to be racism so one can shout all day long that we cannot be racist but once he's in front of in the, in the justice system or the injustice system, he's going to be found guilty of racism. So the point I'm trying to make is this: yeah, um, I, I've long thought about it that, that um, and then and then and that, and before I go on to that, one one of the other things is that the term, the idea of racism, came about at the same time as anti-anti-anti-Semitism, um, and it was it was actually a term um, created. Uh, during the uprise of communism and the Bolshevik revolution, and um, Trots, between Trotsky and Lenin's supervisors and ideologists, that's where that term came out of it. They actually created the term racism. That actual term, racism, they created it belongs to them. I, well, I say it belongs to them, but I, right. feel, I think it belongs to them, just, just like anti-Semitism. 
And I also feel that uh, it see, serves, the, it serves look, them more. Let me say this, Paul, because both of those terms, they have no, both of those terms, racism and anti-Semitism, are not correct in reality. They're not correct mm. historically. But what they are, mm. they're two terms that have been utilized by a group of people to subjugate others. There's no such thing, there is no such thing as race. Science would tell you that. Human beings, there are human beings and there are different groups of human beings, but there's no such thing as a race. Because Europeans created that, Johann Blumenbach and Carol Linnaeus, they created this concept of race and stratification of human beings. Anti-Semitism, <laughs> Semite, Semite, to be a Semite, just like I, I, I gave you the, those three uh, grouping of humans, uh, um, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth, they say, is the Caucasian. Ham yeah. is African, and Sham is the Semitic people. And of course, yeah. uh, Semite means half. Half what? Half mm -hmm. this, half that, whatever. Half. In Absolutely. fact, the Semitic people, that's why you don't, they, that the European Jew does not say anything, because they're not Semitic, number one. They're not. They're not mm -hmm. Semitic. But the the uh, people who they have lived amongst are so they can't call them anti-semitic but they you see the thing is sometimes people will get a word and 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 they will propagate that word and that word becomes them like just like the holocaust the holocaust yeah. is an act against a group of people that is so morally demonstrative it's not just against the people themselves but against humanity and so this holocaust that the European Jews were supposed to have suffered and I'm not saying they didn't suffer I'm not saying they were not killed but it was not genocide like they like they say it was it was not a real holocaust and I know that we as African people we have paid a hell of a cost for the situation that we have gone through you know but for but for uh, uh, these European Jews who dominate and control Judaism they have propagated those words. They have published that and that idea and, and talking about anti-Semitism. You're an anti-Semite. No. I may be prejudiced. I may be bigoted. You know? So that's the, that's the problem is that these words are out there in the lexicon in the society and European Jews dominate and control them. And when they say them, many people feel and fear what they are saying because of how they've been able to manipulate that whole situation. So, you know. Baba Ocean. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Baba Paul, Paul, I don't mean to cut in, Brother, brother Paul, but Baba Ocean, this is Brother Herb. Hi, Brother Paul. I, I agree with what you're saying, but let me say this really quickly that, that may bring some clarity to what you're saying. Race is a power dynamic. In other words, whoever has the power controls the narrative. The narrative is, and, and Brother Paul said it, he said, when you get into court, you can be convicted of, as being a racist. But we already know that racism is a power dynamic. And we also know that race doesn't exist. It is a construct. It, and, it, and it's constructed to be used for the racism 
the racism that the imperialists put, put on you. So in other words, all these things are put together so that they can do what they do. Does that make is that making any sense at all? What, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely does. Um, and what you say, Baba Ochi, what you say, Baba Erb, um, for me, helps to cement what I'm trying to say here. And what I'm trying to say is this, yeah? Yes, they, they do put that out there. They put out the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 have to, I have to differ the fact that they, um, about the power dynamic, uh, um, and they, they control. The reason being is because um, the, the, I think the reason why why the uh those of us who look like us don't really have the power dynamics it's nothing to do with it's more to do with um, ignorance and it's more to do with miseducation as opposed to financial power or anything like that and let me explain why i say that because um we we rely on that fact of racism because we've we've not really come together for, for our own terms we've not really done that right and if we have, tell me where it is, point to it, and, or, or just give me that information. We've not come together. And, and when we come together, and, and, and like right now, we accept a term, and then we then use that term, we put that term out there, and then we, 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 we form a lobby group, and then we lobby the politicians to enforce it in law. That's what we do, enforce it in law. That's the battle, to force it. Yeah, in law, and, and that takes that takes uh, application. I'm not going to say education. That takes application because you have to understand why you have to put your term and enforce it within the judicial system and enforce it in the education system, so you can impose it on others. And unfortunately, despite having some very educated people, professors, etc., we've just not done it. And I just don't know. I don't get that. Because it's not difficult, but for some strange reason, we don't seem to be able, and I'm, when I say we, you there in America, because I hear it, I hear it from the spokespeople, and we here, or wherever we are, we don't seem to come together for those, those things what can make a big difference. And they're small things, and it's not that complicated to do. right? And, it, and let me just say this, it always reminds me of... Um, of the, that that great historian um, Carter G. Woodson, it always comes back to me when he says that we failed to start. Basically, a power, I'm paraphrasing that. Start at the bottom, the handcarts he talks about, right? Where foreigners come in and they they set up, a, they start at the bottom with the markets and the handcarts, and and then they they control that, right. and then they go from there. But they right. still control. The base economics right and somehow i think we've missed that because we want to go to the top and we've got politicians we've got lawyers we've got all these people but we've got no foundation the foundation like you always say baba ochi where's where's the where's the supermarket you've allowed others to come in and take over that foundation right. you, because 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 you, you you're educating your children to be at the top Lawyers, judges, yeah, that's good. But where is the foundation? The foundation is gone. You've given it right. to those coming in. Exactly. That, that is that is the problem all over. And what I'm trying to say to you, Bob Alge, it's not difficult. It's, you know, it, the idea is to the foundation is the is the base, and you've got to cement the base. So you have that. So you don't have to go to the banks to get a loan. You go to the foundation to get.
get along. These people, you talk about the Indians, we know, I know them here. We've grown up with them here, right? They don't go to the banks to get money. They get it from their community. See? They own all the yeah. businesses. They yeah. own all the properties. You understand? Mm-hmm. And somehow we've missed that because we want to be the Negro in the hat. We want to have the big cars, <laughs> the big hands. I've heard yeah. say that before. And it's true. It's all over. It's the yeah. same pattern. We want to just look good all the time. But we fail to cement the foundation. So when you go back to the, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if, if we define a term, the one I would like to define is Afrophobia, because it's based on us as Africans anywhere on the planet, and it can't be used for anybody else. And this is what I'm trying to say. We need a term which just to us, and it's only us can define that term, not use a term like racism, which don't even belong to us. We didn't create that term. And when we use it, we're serving others. And we don't seem to recognize that. When we use the term racism, we serve the people who create it. And that's why they've done it. And that's why they use it. We serve their purpose. They use us as a shield. Just like the same way the NAACP was formed by them, right? And they use us as a shield. They promote us up the front to push their causes. It's the same thing they're doing with racism. That's my point. Okay. Okay. And, 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 you, and what has happened is that all these other entities have used that. See, because once you start to use something and it's continuous, it it, it becomes a, a statement or a word in fact. You see, because it's been constantly used and you, you perceive that that is correct, that is right, that is the actual word, that is a fact. It's still, even though you say that and, and with society as for Mother Day, it is still not a goddamn fact. Racism is still not a reality. It's still not a fact, but it is a fact in terms of how we operate and in terms of how things are done. It is not, racism is not true historically, but it is true in terms of how we operate. And, and, and unfortunately for us, we don't understand the dynamic. And so therefore we go along to get along and we're affected by that. So that's why some of us believe, some of us believe that we could be racist, you know, not understanding that we cannot because we have no ability to include or exclude. We have no ability even within our communities to say, no, you can't sell here. No, you can't do this no you can't do that because in in communities i believe i may be wrong but it may be the same way in the uk as it is in you in in the states because that is the way it is everywhere the communities that we live in we do not control we don't control what happens in those communities we don't control who can sell this and who can buy that we don't we just go along to get along it's, it's, uh, uh, forgive me for interrupting. One of the reasons I think we don't want to control, or uh, we don't have control, is because we do not really have the establishment. Uh, and, and, and I have to put this question to you, because this is my observation. We are not really training our children to control. We're training, we're training our children to right. take part, right. get a job. Right? I agree. Go and do this, go and do that. Right. It's all just to take part in it. Don't look good among their... We're not teaching them, no. You must control 
your, your, your uh, everything around you. You mm-hmm. must be the control. And let me tell you something. If we, we, when you, when you do that, right? As a, if you, if you, if he's shown, right? Like uh, you train, you got a son, and you train your son to take control, and people start to observe it. I ain't talking about white people ever. Even your own people, they start to resent you. It's almost as if they're saying to you, no, you can't teach him to control, to be the controller, because he'll be a control freak. Mm. And if you even show that you're, you, you, you're that type of person, they start putting labels on you, because that's the fear they have of us. They don't want us. The system is set for us not to have control, but we must have control, because that's the only way we're going we're gonna to get a, a real footing in this. We can't just be taking part. We can't just be the, the part takers. We must take right. control of this thing. That's this right. is why I always say, and I'm going to say this again, and, and I know it's scary to most, right? We must overthrow this nonsense. That is the ultimate aim, because if yes. we're not willing to overthrow I don't really see no future because we're always going to be the part takers and the right. subservient. I agree. And, 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 their, and, their, and their doorstep. That's all we're going to ever be, ever. I can't see this. Yep. I agree, my brother. We have to take control. Yeah, we must be in control of our lives. That's why I'm constantly advocating and p- promoting independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for us as a people. And whatever we are, we must take control of our community, our family, our community, and our very existence. Because the people who are outside of us hate us and have constantly done dil- I mean, just evil stuff to us and will continue to do so as long as we don't check their ass, as long as we try to go along to get along, as, as long as we try to be a part of what they have as opposed to having uh, developed things of, uh, on your own and for yourself. And that's the deal. Listen, I got to run. Thank you, Brother Paul. Thank you, Brother Irv, Thank you. Brother Rick. Thank you, Thank you, brothers, sincerely, committedly, and all those who have been listening. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants. Think they can't do it out, and they shown the hell, damn it, don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shim Hotel, that means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier, Bibi Fahadier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Have a great day. Hope to see you on Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>